Hello and welcome to the 55-1 Podcast. My name is Wes Burdine, and I'm joined with two swarthy gentlemen. Uh, swarthy gentleman number one, number one is uh, Jeff Ruder. How are you, man? Doing well. Uh, happy long weekend to you. Yep. Well, it's done. So. How, uh, happy you, short week to you. How did you spend your Memorial Day? Uh, various sporting events, drinking, and naps. Great. That's about wow. it. Multiple yeah. naps. Okay. The other, the other swarthy gentleman, number two, Kyle Eliason. Hello. How's it going? Good. You've, uh, we, we haven't uh, done the podcast with you actually in the room. So, in this room. Yeah. But have we done it with you? I've I called had, you on the phone. There was one week where I had it. Oh, right. But okay. that was so over. So, you've done it, and then media. we've done the phone call thing while you were in some the CIA park, parking lot or something. We're going to keep switching it up. We've got to keep the spark. But you're here now. I am. And in, in the same uh, bunker with, with the rest of us. How did you spend your Memorial Day? I, uh, I'm i an Astros fan, so I was at the Twins game yesterday. And then I went up to my lady friend's mom's lake house earlier. Oh, yeah. wow. Good that. Yeah. That's very, very that's a very Minnesotan. Yeah. I, I got a right. baseball game and then went up to the cabin. Um, well, uh, we are going to talk soccer this week, obviously. Um, we were going to switch to tennis, but we've delayed that one more week. One more week. Um, we've got the good, the bad, and the weird, including uh, we're going to talk about the big, uh, today's Monday when we were recording, it was the big uh, championship playoff to get into the EPL, which was a, a pretty fun game to watch, fun being a relative term. Uh, and then we've obviously got uh, Minnesota United that we're going to talk about, but since we've got Kyle in the room, we are going to talk a, a good amount of NPSL and uh, Minneapolis City and all the other all the other folks. Um, anything else before we do the music? Now let's do it. Let's do the music from Big Quarters, and then we'll come back and we'll talk soccer. <laughs> Welcome back to the 55-1 podcast. You went a long way. We came a journey, and now we're back from the music. Let's start with the good, the bad, and the weird, and we start with the good, which is Huddersfield Town, the Terriers, uh, beating Reading to get into the EPL. Uh, it was dramatic on PKs. I actually only watched parts of the extra time and then PKs. So I, I you didn't like, miss much else. I cheated, yeah. I, I'll I, be honest, yeah. I heard that, that I... I did a good job. It was crap, you. honestly. I mean, like the you could tell. Uh, I mean, it's what is it now? A, a hundred million pounds. The difference between winning and losing, as far as yeah. TV deals and everything. So, um, I'm sure that there was some overmanaging by the two uh, gaffers. I'm sure that there was some nervous players, whatever. Yeah. But uh, it was awful to watch. And there was it wasn't even like there were just chances. But then, aside from one Izzy Brown sitter that he missed in the first half. It was really just in the midfield. I don't know. Boot. Is he? And so, um, yeah. And then throw we, that back to me. extra time was the same and you tuned in. And then for a hot minute there, it looked like Sir Patrick Stewart was going to cry. Because, yeah. Yeah. I, and so every year, every year I love watching this match um, because every year I kind of actually end up crying at the end because you're watching people, you know, Danny Williams is just like on on the floor, just sobbing, absolutely prone. And it's yeah. simultaneously like the greatest moment and the worst moment. Watching these guys, you know, they're on the cusp of something great, and you know, it's sliding doors moment. Mm -hmm. the, these guys get in. Same thing with the fans, but these guys get into the Premiership. Their career trajectory goes a totally different direction than than this. Hopefully, Danny Williams brings him uh, to Minnesota United. It won't, but no, no. hopefully. Uh, I, can, really? I can dream, no. I, I don't want him. Really? Uh, I wouldn't want, no, if I were Minnesota, I wouldn't want Danny Williams. On, on the price point that he would be on, I wouldn't want him. He'd be more expensive than Alejandro Bedoya, and I think Bedoya is even better. So, Okay, fair enough. We, yeah. we, won't, we won't debate it uh, too much. Um, but uh, David Wagner, uh, the American, German-American, mostly German, but American- uh, coach yeah. uh, gets gets into the premiership. He took over the team eighteen months ago. They were basically in the, in the actual toilet bowl, and now they've emerged and they're cleaned up mm -hmm. and they're walking down the stairs. So it was great because either way, there was going to be a kraut yank who would make it into the premiership, whether it was Danny Williams or David Wagner. And uh, lo and behold, it's uh, David Wagner. Close friend of the podcast, Bob Williams, said that the English see him. Uh, 
as more of an American than a German. And I assume that's because his name isn't pronounced Wagner. Ooh. I think he said the opposite, that they see the English see him as more of a German than American. Oh, well I think, then. I think so. I totally botched that. I think that's just because they don't want to acknowledge Americans yeah. have any association with soccer. Preach. Um, uh, the bad is, uh, you, you go with this one, Jeff. Yeah, it was the, the, the least inspiring Seattle-Portland matchup <laughs> that I think I've ever seen. So it came just after the, oh, uh, what game was that morning? Um, national telecast. And was, was it that? Sunday morning? Yeah, that was the NYCFC Atlanta. No, but there was a game I thought before, oh. like a big international game. Okay, that apparently I've totally forgot. And Tony's last game. Yes, and so then it was um, Seattle Portland, and four minutes in, it was a really, I mean, a, a well placed set piece. I think it went off of Chad Marshall's head and right to Christian Roldan, who hits it in. Um, great goal. He was being just bear hugged by i think it was david guzman and then it was 86 minutes of just nothing um it wasn't even like you know in rivalry games like that there will be just little moments of chippiness and players uh you know going face to face whatever there was one more moment of that with rolled on uh right at the end of the first half and then it was it was just like a, a kick around from there yeah um just looked kind of hapless and i maybe it was just two evenly matched teams but it, it, seattle looked like they had a lot of work to do and portland looked like they were out of ideas I'm always uh, torn in matches like that where I, I I hate Seattle, but I hate Caleb Porter. Yes, yes. And Brian Schmetzer is you know he's he's great. He was a great youth pastor to me, so I mm. I can't I can't really hate him. We'll look into that later. But uh, but uh, I yeah. So it's just like but seeing that Caleb Porter uh, after the match was was crying and, and upset uh, and saying how how much better they were. I was I was very happy with the results. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take that. Um, the the weird that we want to go with is uh, um, Birmingham manager, uh, former you know a, a former Spurs manager, so near and dear to uh, Kyle and my heart. Um, we have a joint heart. Uh, Harry Congrats. Redknapp. He said that he he wants to sign uh, former fullback uh, Spurs fullback Benoit Suokoto, but uh, the he said that he's having trouble uh, convincing him to join the team because. Um, because Benoit wants to do pornography. That's a good clarification. It's not Harry Redknapp wanting to do pornography. It's Asua Kato. No, no. Kato gave that great interview. Uh, I forget to which paper in, in London, but uh, basically saying, basically admitting he was just a mercenary. Like he doesn't really care that much about football and he's just in it for the money. And, and he's been in a champions league quarterfinal more recently than Arsenal has. Yeah. I mean, I, I I love Annie. I think he's he's always been one of my favorites, precisely for that reason. He shows up. He's got he's got his headphones on and doesn't really care. Um, anyway, all right. So let's uh, that we're done with the good, the bad, and the weird. Let's talk NPSL. And uh, Kyle, why don't you tell us what have been the the kind of uh, biggest notes, surprises, interesting storylines so far. Yeah, and let's narrow that down to the the NPSL North, the NPSL North. Yeah, so um, the biggest surprise has to be Dakota Fusion. Three games, three wins, came into Minneapolis and beat Minneapolis City three uh, two on Friday. A little bit lucky. the The third goal was a uh, an attempted cross from the corner that tucked itself inside the far post. But they're doing a, a really good job of playing defense and and striking at teams on the counter. Um, Med City's in second place. They're they're a first year club as well, and they've drawn well at home and and have picked up some nice wins on the road. Um, and what we're seeing a lot too, and it's kind of an interesting. Some teams have been, I would say, more practical or more prudent in their approach. All these teams, it's a short it's a short season. They're pulling in college players coming back home from school for the summer. Um, a lot of the teams that have jumped out early are teams that have focused on defense early and uh, are maybe content to play long balls up to athletic forwards and go from there. And maybe uh, you take Minneapolis City, who are expected to do well coming into the season, at least on paper, and, and by people like myself and mm-hmm. the NPSL Northerner blog, and they're trying to play the ball on the ground, work it up from the back, either you know out to the wings and back in or through the middle. And That sounds like it was a really strange variation on the Cupid Shuffle, by the way. That whole litany of commands that you just gave. I don't know what the Cupid Shuffle is. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, apparently, we're both older than you. You so. don't? Oh, this is like a I, wedding staple. Anyway, oh. proceed. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So, um, well, the, the Cupid Shuffle, <laughs> yeah. Minneapolis City's Cupid Shuffle, it takes a little bit more coordination. And uh-huh. um, you can see they're kind of getting... They're getting close to making it work, and they've got like a week off. They played four games when a lot of other clubs have played three, and they're going to go down and play the Des Moines Menace in, in a friendly. Hopefully, they get fi- things figured out for their sake. But uh, uh, the Cupid Shuffle, by the way, that, that it is uh, something like the Cha Cha Slide. Are you familiar with the Cha Cha yeah. Slide? Okay, it's just like a group line dance that's commanded over music. So if you're doing like a through ball, or whatever, I think that would work. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and maybe some of the other teams have gone with like a more basic electric slide, which you can do it. Yeah. Kinda. I've tried. It's electric. Here's a question for you. Have the teams looked more prepared three to four games in than you saw with the PLA, ALP, whatever it was last year? Not really. Um, and, and a lot of those PLA teams that have had success, they do play um, direct and they do focus on defense. I think it's just the nature of the, the short season summer leagues. So uh, Minneapolis City, disappointing. Um, they are down in, I believe, fifth place and they've got four points from four games and they... They dropped a home game. And all North American soccer, there seems to be a commonality. You know, just the travel involved in MLS, the distances teams are flying are so far, the jet lag, it, it has an impact. And in the in NPSL North, maybe you don't have the budget where there's a hotel stay. So teams are, even even a two-hour van ride, one team's got to, you know, get on a bus for two hours, get off and play a game, the other team just came from home. And that's where, you know, Dakota Fusion coming down uh, from Fargo, Driving down, was it five hours? Yeah, um, you know, playing, beating, getting a result on the road. Yeah, big. Uh, you know, and I I caught most of that match. Um, the match that I was uh, actually able to watch in person was the Med City match on Wednesday, which they also lost. Um, uh, you know, there are a couple players on Minneapolis City, like uh, particularly Isaac Friend, I think. Um, who I had kind of heard heard of last year, who are I think is really talented. I don't know what what is a guy like his f- future. He he's in college right now. Tell me about him. He is. Yeah, he just came back um, from his freshman year at Indiana. So okay. I think he redshirted. Um, so he must have known uh, Minnesota United draft pick Tanner Thompson. I assume. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It, but he was playing with uh, he was playing with Minneapolis City as a. As an um, coming out of high school, he played. You know, he played and started most games for them last season until he got injured. Okay. So he was somebody they kind of identified. It'll be interesting to follow him and see if if he does develop and, yeah. and land a pro career somewhere. I, I mean, he he struck me as a player who has enough of the tools that you know could be a USL guy could have some sort of pro career. So I yeah, I, I concur. Enjoyed watching. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, with guys like that that you're looking at who are going to be able to develop kind of into more staples for bigger leagues. If you're looking for a line dance song that's going to be kind of similar, you're going to go have, back to that. That could eventually develop. It. Look for the wobble. I think the wobble is one that has a lot of potential to become a wedding staple in about 10 years. Jeff literally just just uh listener notes, Jeff literally went to his phone while Kyle and I were having that conversation about Isaac Friend. He looked that one up. And I've got nothing in my hands, and I would recommend the, the boot, scoot, and boogie. Or okay. is that, yeah? All right. We're oh. still doing this. Do you guys. have one? Okay. The, no, the bicycle wanna, shuffle wanna, is another one. I want to move past this right. as quick as I can. Um, so uh, other teams like VSLT, uh, have they? Have, have you seen anything from them? Have you been able to go to see any of their games? I saw VSLT's game against City, and I spoke yeah. to um, their starting center back and club president um, after their win um, over the Twin Stars. VSLT are interesting because it's a little bit of a tweak on uh, maybe they're they're splitting the difference between what Minneapolis City is trying to do and what some of the teams that are playing more direct are trying to do. They are very possession focused, but what they are doing is keeping and holding the ball around the back and then um, quickly attacking, quickly transitioning and maybe playing that long ball in for their center forward. Are there any other matchups that are coming up over the next week, two weeks, that might kind of help shape the table? Yeah, on June 3rd, um, I might look at um, Dakota Fusion at, um, hosting the Twin Stars. Those are kind of two, um, well, one of the top teams versus a mid-table team. And then um, maybe also looking at um, Med City um, hosting the Twin Stars on the 7th. Um, and also uh, Dakota versus Duluth. Uh, in Dakota on the seventh. Okay, June ninth as well. When since there's no soccer that weekend or domestic soccer that weekend, and uh, Minnesota will be hosting Minneapolis will be hosting. Uh, who did I just? Uh, 
Sioux Falls. Falls. Yeah. yeah. So that's a game that, that people who are like itch, like they've got an itch they need to scratch and want to see want to see some local soccer. They can go out to that match. Over um, at uh, Augsburg, right? Uh, yeah, Augsburg's field, yeah. That's a so. fun atmosphere, too. You know, they get about 300 a game, and they've got a supporters group, and they meet at the Viking bar, and they walk yeah. over. So, yeah, if, you, if you've got a soccer niche that needs scratching that week. I always do. Mm. Um, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back, and it's uh, Minnesota United time. Welcome back. It's 55-1 Podcast. It is now Minnesota United time. Uh, we are still uh, glowing a bit over the um, uh, improbable win over Orlando City. Uh, Did was- you? Can I just cut you off? Yeah. Please. Did you know that Adrian Heath used to manage Orlando City and he beat his former team? Really? Wait, by manage you mean like manage, manage? Like he had the same position with Orlando City. Right. And then... They got rid of him. I didn't even know this. Like fired him? Yeah. Wow. So it was almost like he had a chip Whoa. on his shoulder. And so, oh, so you know what? When he faced him, yeah. he probably really wanted to beat him. Yeah. Like more than other teams, maybe. Whoa. Probably more than any other team. All right. Do you think the team played harder for him? <laughs> <laughs> Let's, um, uh, obviously not in that first half. Let's, uh, but before we do that, I want to hit the, the news note because just this morning, uh, you, uh, Jeff, Pointing at you, Jeff. Uh, you posted uh, um, some kind of uh, news. We were racing the sun, which is something I never thought we would do. Yeah, racing the, the Scottish. Uh, ever. Beep. We'll bleep it out. Um, <laughs> um, yes, yeah. uh, Sam Nicholson. Uh, so Sam Nicholson played for Heart of Midlothian. He is a winger. He's 22 years old. He's a Scottish youth international. Um, and he his contract is close to expiring. He has 12 goals over the last three seasons. Um, in Scotland, I guess they kind of lowballed him because he's coming off of a knee injury mid-season this year that caused him to miss 13 games or so, and then I think he was suspended for another two or three due to uh, hocking a loogie at the fourth official. Jeez. Um, so we've got a good classic Scottish... Gentlemen. The, the thing is, Scots are notoriously good at banter, um, both on the training ground and then on the field. From what I've spoken uh, to for other from, from from players, so maybe he can redeem himself with that. The, the The point is, we're recording this on a Monday night. He should be touching down at MSP Airport. You're you're picking him up from the airport. About yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a jet in about twenty but he's, minutes. It's because he's an Uber driver. <laughs> yeah, no, I just got a <laughs> notification. Yeah, yeah. Selective Uber Ding. only for soccer players. It's yeah. really it's a great way to network and to get scoops. <laughs> that's how he gets his scoops. So that's how I do it. Yeah. Um. So it's called scuba. Yeah. Scoob. Oh my god, scuba. <laughs> if you want to, oh, that's good. We'll, that's we've, good. Uh, we've patented this. Uh, a couple quick notes on him, too. Um, he is only a left wing, so there isn't much positional flexibility, which would mean that Miguel Ibarra would have to move to the right and Molina would have to go central or Ibarra would go central. Um, because the transfer window is closed right now, he could not play for Minnesota until July 10th. Um, and also Minnesota, while they do have open international spots, they would need to clear a spot on their senior roster. So like, uh, we've been talking for a few weeks about John Alfbug, um, his loan ending at the end of June, that's an option. Otherwise sending some of these guys on loans or maybe selling some of these guys, uh, would be another way to clear that spot. If Nicholson or someone else was to join on the senior roster. Yeah. Is he any good? That's my question. People have asked me that, and I've the, the analogy I've been going with is Jack Harrison with a three-inch lower ceiling. I think that Harrison has just a little more explosiveness and just a little bit more finishing. That's okay. or better finishing. Yeah. That said, that's a player that Minnesota needs, um, especially because if he's 22 and he's coming off of an injury, he wouldn't be a must-start right away. And we've seen over the last few games that they don't have any wing depth right now. Uh, if they need to make a substitution, uh, they being Minnesota United. So it, I think it would be a great addition. Again, the timeline on it is a bit of a bother um, if you're lo- if you're looking at it from Adrian Heath's perspective. But I think there is a role for him to play on this Minnesota United team. Yeah. The only note I have on Nicholson is that he signed with Heart of Midlothian because, as a kid, he was such a fan of the Sir Walter Scott novel. Yeah, the, he. I do know that he's a big reader. So. So that's that's a, a, a good sign. Um, let's start with the Minnesota United match. Uh, the big, big story, obviously, we covered is uh, Adrian Heath uh, beating his former club. 
let's should we start with the three stars or just do a rundown of the yeah game? three stars sponsored by sponsored by no one right now yeah so uh sponsored by you listener with your money um uh bobby shuttleworth he's number one uh Tell, tell me about him. What, what uh, stood out to you? I mean, other than making saves. He's been playing well enough that everybody in the section I'm sitting in has stopped calling him Mrs. Butterworth. Wow. <laughs> that is big. I stopped calling him a little while ago because I realized how rude it was. But yeah, but to do, yeah. All right. Well, that's good. I wasn't or, or do doing you this. These the, are just the people around the gray me. clouds. Uh, who are the gray clouds? The gray clouds are like Bruce and uh, and the, the, the older dark clouds in 138. No, no, I sit in uh, 112 in the, the midfield. Okay. There you go. Oh, you sit in the fan, yeah, fancier yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah, the the not quite opulence. I don't, I don't yeah. rub shoulders with the likes of you. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Uh, Bobby was the benefactor of probably my favorite save of the week, and it will not be a nominee, but there was a Orlando breakaway um, where they found Carlos Rivas, uh, the founding member of the Carlos Rivas Finishing Clinic, uh, established 2015, where he has beaten the entire Minnesota backline. He's got a wide open shot on frame. He's able to curl it to Bobby Shuttleworth's right to go to the left far post. It looks like it's going, and it just keeps skidding, 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 hits the post, slowly bounces back to Bobby, and Bobby just kind of looks around like, really? And then just jumps on it as Calvo's about to clear it and then just kind of skips away, um, trying to make his kick look like he meant to be skipping. And it's it was peak Carlos Rivas. Rivas was, I mean, he was doing Carlos Rivas things where he would just sky it 10 yards in the air, or he would um, miss totally wide on an uncontested shot. So uh, Bobby did pick up a couple of saves off of some bad plays like that, but I, I did think that his commanding of the box, his ability to set up walls um, to stop Perez Garcia's free kicks. Um, <laughs> I, I think Bobby's been one of the biggest revelations for Minnesota United this season. Um, he certainly, I mean, I think we got to the 70th minute and I kind of looked around, I started talking to everyone in the uh, uh, section around me and it's like, has anyone had a really good game? Like it's been, by the second half, we started to get good. Minnesota United started to get good. Yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't think of any player who had done well. No. Um, you know, one of the one of the other we, we have obviously we'll get to Christian, but the other uh the second uh star was uh Francisco Calvo who um had that one amazing late spin move and then race down an amazing and, late run when his team was protecting a one goal lead right. with maybe Why five minutes left. Why are you up and he's on the left wing putting yeah. the cross yeah. in it made no sense, but it almost worked. It was wonderful to watch. I and will it, say too, terrifying at the same time. Of, yeah. In a sign of respect for somebody trying another player's trade, Ibsen looked, nodded once, and went back to left center back on that breakaway, and it was just a moment of passing the baton. I, and it was, I did, I, yeah, I did actually look. I was like, "What is he doing?" And I looked, and there was a decent amount of players filling that hole. But yeah. you're right; it's like, what is your captain and center back doing, running up and making, you know? Yeah. Ugh. But um. Yeah, that was an amazing moment that it, it certainly didn't come to much. Um, you know, he, I thought at a pretty, both he and Coleman were switching on and off who was taking care of Kyle Laren. And I know we have a, well, he's a baby. So yeah, they had to watch him. A, I mean, he's under 21. We had a Twitter question about the Kyle Laren, right? Uh, the Kyle Laren. Yes. Uh, it, it was who, who was kind of in charge of protect or stopping him. Um, and kept him in check. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it was a, a bit of both. Who, who do we, yeah, who uh, do we credit, give the credit to? I would I would say Brent, just because Rivas usually was kind of mat- marking up with Calvo. And so because Calvo is quicker, he was staying with the quicker player, Rivas. And Laren's yeah. more physical, so Coleman was. There was a moment where Coleman, um, well, it was a Sam Cronin back pass that bounced off Coleman's foot. And Laren had like a kind of a, a clean break towards goal. And Coleman had a, a, a very good sliding tackle to um, dispossess him and save um, his own error. Yeah, I thought I thought Kyle Aaron was a complete non-factor. Uh, mm-hmm. I was excited to see him play. Uh, obviously, nervous about it um, because he's such a great player. I've watched him on TV. I know that he's got a great future ahead of him. But he was, uh, I mean, he was more worthless than Dom Dwyer, which is yeah. saying a lot. I mean, I just he was just a non-factor. Um, I wonder how much this transfer talk is getting, kind of getting to him. 
You know, because now it's not just speculation of how much is he worth, but it's will Orlando actually let him leave. Yeah. We also, I bet that would be more We also difficult. were yelling, you know, you're supposed to spell it with a K. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> Thank got you. to him. Yeah. You know, I, I like... Yeah, I, I have to think, like, he's like, oh, mom and dad, why? Or you just call him Clyde. Yeah. Clyde. Or Sile. Yeah. Sile would be good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the third, the, the goal scorer, uh, Laren did not score. Who did, though, was Christian Ramirez um, on a beautiful no-look flick over the back line from Johan Venegas, his one moment of brilliance in the game. Um, finds Christian, who's kept on side by, I think it was Aha. And um, he's able to sneak past, get past Bendik, um, or Bendik. Bendik actually did slap at his shins. And if you look back, um, the referee, Nima Sagafi, is playing the advantage. It would have been a penalty kick oh, had he not made that shot. Interesting. Um, so there's that, but there was no card given to Bendik. Um, there was the final touch, too. Yes. 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 Finish, finish off the... Yeah, so the, then he was able to cut yeah. back, uh, force Aha to slide in front of him, and then he had a wide open frame and put it right in the center. Um, that kind of poise uh, is something that you can tell Ramirez has worked on in the offseason. I, I thought that that was one of his best individual goals that he scored this yeah. year. I just nodded to show agreement on a podcast. Yeah. Good work. Good. No, yeah. good. And yes, no, you can no, square no. on the podcast. Um, so, I, I mean, it was superb flick on from uh, Johan Venegas. A, a superb run from Christian Ramirez, um, and then to stay up, and then to yes. finish to to calmly bring the ball back, finish on his right foot. It was it was beautiful, fantastically done mm-hmm. uh, in the right net. Yeah, in that the is right true net. in the yeah, right yeah. net this time. <clears throat> and so I, I I think we got extremely lucky, and from then on, the team. Held back, they bunkered, you know, they, they didn't, they actually, they didn't bunker too hard, but they were extremely solid at the back. Orlando did not really have any uh, decent opportunities after that. Right. And they just did a, a good professional job of just playing out the game. Jermaine you know? consummate last minute substitution. Taylor mm-hmm. came on um, and was a consummate last minute substitution. He had a couple of headers. I, I was a little bit. If it was me, I would have brought in Joe Greenspan instead, because if you've been touting him as someone who's going to need to step up for the U.S. Open Cup, and you're thinking maybe he's starting this next week now that Calvo will be gone in international duty, he needed minutes. Um, and the, the Taylor just camped out in the center of the back line and was just heading balls, and that's I, I know Joe Greenspan can do that. Right. So um, I think Adrian showed his hand a little bit as far as who's going to start at center back next week. With Jermaine Taylor. With Jermaine Taylor. Yeah. Can so, I mention one, yeah. just one nice little sequence, series of play from Brian Coleman? And you talked about Brent. how... Brent. Yes, Brent Coleman. <laughs> you're doing you're in your Minneapolis. Are we I'm, back I'm, to City? Yeah. No, no, no. We're still <laughs> in Minnesota United. This was a, a particular set of plays. Um, and you talked about how Brent Coleman and Calvo were switching off and mm-hmm. on a little bit. And Coleman, it was uh, two crosses sent into the box by Orlando. And Coleman... Cleared one playing as the left center back, swapped places with Calvo, and then cleared one playing as the right center back. It is a nice little run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to. I've been impressed with the, that pairing in particular. Yeah. yeah, I think they've done well. I want to mention a couple other factors. You know, you had Kevin Molino, who was a late scratch, um, who was ill, and I haven't even off the tape asked you. About yeah. that. So you can... I did actually grill a couple of people with the team on that, and they're like, no, really, he didn't show up at practice Friday. Um, and he wouldn't answer his phone. He said he his voice was like he wasn't able to speak clearly for long enough to say he couldn't make it. So either he was very, very sick, or he did not want to face Orlando. But I'm I'm leaning towards based on how yeah. they were talking about it, I'm right. leaning you on didn't actually get the sense sick. that people were yeah. having um, Yeah, no one was doing one of like these hand gestures. Like, yeah, yeah he didn't Which hand gestures? Uh <clears throat> you, you so all could see. In his place wasn't. was Ishjom and you know uh, listeners know enough that i will have uh, to know that i will have been panicking in the uh, the stands when i saw that um announced um i'll say ish did nothing wrong mm-hmm. and had two pretty good moments well he did have unsporting behavior which gave him a yellow card yeah the rascal yeah uh i i do think that it, you were distinctly missing players like Molino, particularly in the first half, who could hold the ball up. We had no yeah. one, no one relieving pressure from the defense, and that I think is having, uh, you know, 
Uh, Johan Venegas had a terrible game, other than his great assist. When I watch Ibsen play, he does things that frustrate, and then he does things that are excellent. And then there's enough of the excellent things on balance, where right now you absolutely want him in your lineup. Um, Johan Venegas seems to be um, the inverse of that. He does things like that assist. He has several good passes every game that lead to chances, but then he tries to beat people off the dribble and, and fails quite often at that. And it's just, uh, it's difficult. And, and yeah. you, you see a player that if he played with his teammates and maybe was, um, uh, took more of a realistic appraisal of his ability on the ball, sure. um, could be a really solid contributor, but, but just can't get over the urge to take three defenders on one-on-one and lose the ball. There were two, maybe three breakaways where Venegas had another teammate with him. Basically, they were outnumbering numbering Orlando's back line on a breakaway, and he would just kind of dribble into a corner and get dispossessed, or dribble central when he should have broke right, or he passed it off to Ibarra, or passed it off to Ramirez, and just for whatever reason was lacking that. And I, I understand that he's been going through some sort of difficulties lately, kind of one of the roughest patches of his career so far. Um, but being able to help your team score goals, even if it's not you scoring them, is probably a good way to break that. So um, his hero ball didn't necessarily work. That said, his again, his one touch on the ball was yeah. spectacular. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that it, it worked again. It just reiterates to us that, that there needs to be, there needs to be signings in this team. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, Joan did his job, but against a better team away from home, I'm I'm not sure that he can do enough, especially because you know Miguel. <clears throat> Miguel is very talented, but r- right now Miguel is not. You don't give Miguel the ball and make something happen like Molino. Right. Miguel is Miguel is so dangerous because um, he'll do a lot of the defensive work and things like that, and then three or four times a game he will do. He'll have a great run. He'll do. You know. He'll drive somewhere with it. Um, he's not going to. Eight times a half, like Molino, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, take the ball and try to put it into a really good place for for Christian. Well, that's the center back inside of Miguel Ibarra who's keeping him from doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone has that inner center back. We all do. Um, we have one more question, I think, before we'll jump into formal questions here, um, which is from Michael V, who asks, uh, "What?" do we think of the future for Kadri, Demidov, and Alfie? Um, Demidov and Kadri were not in the 18. Alfie, I mean, did not play. So, I don't know. For you two, what would you do? I think they have a future probably back in Scandinavia. Yeah. I mean, if if Kadri's not making even the 18, let alone starting when Ischom is in there, uh, obviously, I have no insight. I've, I haven't bothered asking anyone about it because I just assume he's gone. Alfie, we've talked about before on this. He's gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kadri's the biggest mystery there because even if he's not the player you wanted, that he is not quite fast enough. He still is a talented player on the ball. We've seen him play with the ball. He, you know, I guess, you know, maybe just an attitude thing. You know, he's not, he didn't come here to be the second string left winger. No. Third string left winger. And so... Um, yeah, but all three of those guys are, you know, uh, Alfie and uh, Alfie and Kadri are on loan. They can be sent home. That's it's the fine. issue too of um, teams are probably more willing to carry a struggling player like that if they aren't taking up one of the finite number of international spots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the, the thing is that will happen this summer. Demidov will will be gone. So then you you free, freed up three spots that you need to that you can and want to fill mm-hmm. um, certainly for 2018 yeah and i think even for now i mean i you, don't know it's weird because suddenly kadri's the one i'm like they might hold on to kadri the longest just because his loan expires at the end of the year sure. and maybe they're like we'll get to september and we'll need to you know play him or whatever if we're not if he's not making the 18 copenhagen doesn't want him here exactly so yeah. th- there should be some uh so we're gonna need to sign another uh goalkeeper that that's quite obvious doesn't you know maybe it's just someone Kyle, you are a goalkeeper, so you can probably get in on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll obviously need to find some attacking depth and stuff like that. So we've got three spots to fill. They will need to do it. I'm um, out of contract. Oh, uh, so you could actually again? sign before you the and, window. You and Jeb can get signed. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Total free agents can get signed before that July 10th. Well, so um, we don't have 
um, no, we do have a Minnesota United game coming up this weekend. Sorry. Yeah. It's away at Sporting Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, can lightning strike twice? Not at Sporting Park. Okay. I don't know. That's my my two cents. I think this is going to be a 3-1 Kansas City win. Okay. You too? Uh, I wouldn't bet my own money against Minnesota getting any points, but I, I think it's within the realm of possibility. Sure. Yeah. Um, there will be Nickelback, uh, Nickelback uh, blaring in the uh, the stands, most likely. Pre-game um, meals catered by the Olive Garden. Yeah, they do. Uh, they favorite. do actually have. Uh, have you been to SKC? You've seen. I haven't been too? to Sporting Park. I'm oh, stoked. Okay. Yeah. Have you been? I have not. So, but after after games, they play this. I'm going to Kansas City. I'm going to Kansas City. My, it's this terrible. But they already are in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Actually, actually. they're not though. Oh, because okay. they're out in the suburbs. Oh, okay. so then they're so they're, they're just excited they're going back home. Yeah, they're going back. Yeah, yeah. So like, but we... they're probably driving through because they're all from the suburbs anyway. So uh, moral of the story is uh, they play a terrible song when they win. And uh, Can I just derail this on a tangent? I yeah, believe go. the New York Yankees play um, Frank Sinatra's New York, New York when they win and Liza Minnelli's New York, New York when they lose. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Wow, that's a subtweet at Les Minnelli yeah. if I've ever heard one. Yeah, it'd be like um, Minnesota United playing the Ryan Adams shitty Wonderwall. Yeah, right. They right. should do that after Or just that. rotate which oh, YouTube cover that they oh, can find. Yeah, it's a bunch they of should play the Ryan Adams Wonderwall when they lose. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would God, be... that, I hate Ryan Adams. <laughs> All right, anyway, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and it's uh, Twitter questions. Welcome back to the 55.1 Podcast. It's Twitter questions time. We were talking uh, before we came back about uh, Christian Ramirez's aunt on Twitter, uh, who is awesome and like follows all of us and like responds when you like post news about Christian. And then you, you were your favorite all time uh, Christian Ramirez's aunt. Right. Tweet. And I can't 100% vouch for this because I'm using the Twitter translate function. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which but, usually goes for the good old Haitian Creole. Yeah. yeah. At least in my experience. That's the that's the first one Bing recognizes. It, it did identify her tweet as being in Spanish. Well, there you go. Um, it was uh, after a particular game. I forget the, the one, in, but uh, Minnesota had just shipped like its second or third goal. One of those games. Yeah. yeah. And she just cle- tweeted out something along the lines of, clearly we have no defense. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's just so affirmative. Yeah. Uh, first Twitter question comes from Temple of Loon. <laughs> Who asks, what if Reuter goes down? We need more depth in the booth, and Wes really shouldn't be doing his Ibsen ground turn in the studio. So what's uh, what's the depth situation like with this podcast? If you have to bring me on, I think you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, you're the ish dome of, of this podcast. I mean, there's always there's always Schieffer Decker. Uh, I'll be the Jermaine Taylor. I'll come on for the last okay. five minutes. Yeah. That's that's good, right? Perfect. We need just, that. Just head balls for the for NPSL. Yeah, it's good. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm constantly worried about your ankles. So rambling Robert says, why would uh, um, Minnesota United waste an international spot on a player from a mediocre team in a mediocre league, purely unquestionable potential? I, I believe that's a, a Sam Nicholson subtweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, that could be like a stock tweet from the Scandinavian trip too. That's true. Um, I mean, but the the Sam Nicholson thing. I, mean, I would love to see Molino of- as a number 10. And hopefully Sam Mickelson's good enough <coughs> to facil- uh, facilitate that move. Sure. And we can get Nicholson, Molino in the center, and a bar on the right, and that'd be great. Yeah, fair. Um, I, I think that part of it, again, if he's a Jack Harrison-like player, there's a role to be played. Minnesota United desperately needs wing talent. Um, I, I cited my my buddy Callum Carson, uh, who's a, a Scottish journo who spent his honeymoon watching a Minnesota United game, and then he is very familiar with Nicholson, and he said that he's a quality player when he's on. Um, needs some work on his finishing and his decisiveness. If any coaches can really help a player through that, it's probably Adrian Heath and Ian Fuller. Yeah. So it's a gamble. You're right, Robert, but I do think that it's not just, you know, theoretical potential i think it's potential that minnesota could tap i i made this comment to you um uh at some point jeff i don't think on the podcast but basically like hey how much would you pay for danny cruz right now yeah i mean just as having like again danny has his limitations in his game but in terms of if he was out there on the pitch last week and you had miguel and danny i mean 
you at least have two guys who can move the ball around, who you're confident in, etc. Uh, and with his energy level, especially yeah. somebody to bring off to the bench to help close out wins. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I think, and I, I wonder if there's any other. Now that we've seen uh, that these NASL players from last year actually have been able to contribute in various mm-hmm. roles, are there any other guys that that banks? You would, JC Banks, Banks by okay. far. I mean, he's a smart player. Yeah, very smart player, very versatile, can play anywhere on those front four, and I think Minnesota desperately needs that right now. Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, Super Rookie asks, Royce or Suhan are in a cage match to fight to the death on soccer fandom. Who do you got? I'll take Royce pretty much in any cage match with Suhan because you might not agree uh, with the direction Royce's running, but he seems to do it with a bit more energy. Uh, I mean, Super Rookie is... is uh, has been uh, an extreme defender of aging, decrepit, banal uh, white male soccer writers, and so oddly specific. Yeah, and well, so he's your he's your biggest supporter. Yeah, exactly. Whew. Uh, I will say I take Suhan, who shows up with a scarf, and it's something like kryptonite on Roycey. I think that's all it would take. Yeah. Uh, so Dan Mick says United is thin. With the this is a come on Dan, with the transfer window in July, who do you go for? Just give us any players. Um, I would try to get Manuel Neuer if I could. Kyle Laren. Kyle Laren would be interesting. I I think if you could somehow convince Neymar to come to Minnesota, I think you could see some serious changes with Minnesota. That's I think that's that's a big shout. Do you have anyone? Uh, no, no. Benoit Suakato. That's anyone? enough condescension yeah. aimed at Dan Mick, and I never thought I'd say that. <coughs> wow, that's a first. Uh, Dan, ask a more specific question next uh, time. Jim asked, Jim Oliver asked, how deep into the playoffs does Chicago Fire get this year, assuming no summer additions, because they spent all their money? Um, all the way to the World Cup. Ooh. Boom. Uh, that joke has not aged yet. Uh, so Jim Oliver, despite being the president of uh, the Dark Clouds, is... Uh, weirdly, uh, a, a creepily big uh, Chicago Fire fan. Uh, I would say, I would say Chicago actually have a decent chance to get. I, I would say, at best, semifinals. That's where I'm leaning to. Yeah, I think the the Most conference final will be yeah. Toronto, New York City. That's kind of what I'm thinking right now. So your New York City pick that I laughed at all the way through uh, our preview episode, Wes, mm-hmm. it's not looking so bad right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I think Chicago could make it to the semifinals. Yeah. Um, MJ uh, Matsui says with Calvo out for uh, Costa Rica, who do you expect are starting back to be? And I would like to say I hope the starting back four is Birch, um, Greenspan, Coleman, and Thiessen. But um, you might, Jeff, know who it's more likely to be. Yeah, Taylor. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, with, again, I think Adrian showed his hand by saying we just need someone to play the position of center back and do nothing fancy, which you could have had either come in. Uh, Greenspan, I know he had come back on Thursday, so he was a little bus weary maybe from going to from Pennsylvania, but I think that was a perfect moment to get Greenspan's feet wet uh, with this system and with this team, and he didn't get that time. And I'm also going to say the time when I want to see Joe Greenspan get get kind of blooded is not against Dom Dwyer. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think that Jermaine Taylor... If we have him in the center back, you know, I, I know that he was basically uh, banished from most fans. A lot of uh, that was foot speed, too, though. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. But I think that if, if Coleman's doing a little bit more of the foot speed uh, stuff, a little bit more of the closing down, I think that I trust Jermaine Taylor a bit more there. He's in his proper position. So no. Jermaine Taylor is kind of like the YMCA of the back four right now, yeah. where he's just an old reliable, you know, you can bring him out for a couple of minutes here. He's not going to be something sexy, you know, like some of these other dances like the wobble, but you can definitely rely on him once per wedding. Wow. Um, that uh, Jeff injury podcast question just seems suddenly far more prescient right now. Uh, and he, MJ also asks, Colin Martin finally got pitch time. Your thoughts? We didn't talk about it. He, he got put out on the left uh, wing. Baby um, Driver. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm calling him. Baby really? Driver. That's good. All right. After yeah. Andrew Driver? Oh, Baby Driver. It, it, oh, part of oh the, the movie Baby Driver. Movies yeah. too, so there's plenty of GIFs going on for us. I thought, I thought you were us. saying he was going to be the next Andrew Driver. <laughs> but he's small and yeah. infantile. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I didn't have any thoughts on him. He was uh, completely... Non-factor to me. Not in a bad way, just... The, the game wasn't supposed to go through yeah. a number 10. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Opuloons ask, how would you fix the U.S. Open Cup so that people, teams, fans care about it besides disbanding sporting Kansas City, which is that's pretty good. That's not a idea. bad idea. But Kyle, you you want? Oh uh, yeah, what I would do is um, randomize the draw more, and I believe Germany does this, where the uh, if there's a lower division team facing a higher division team, you have the lower division team host. And that way, the higher division teams are probably more able to absorb the travel costs, and you could actually get um, uh, more of a sense of novelty in the tournament. Because we all know, Minnesota United fans, uh, before the Loons were in the uh, MLS, you are probably going to face Des Moines coming up. Mm-hmm. And then if you made it through that, you were probably going to face Sporting Kansas City. And it really does, year after year, take a lot of the shine off of the yeah. the magic of the draw, because the draw is just who close to you happened to win last. Right. That's a good shout. And I remember back to when the FA Cup was going on, we actually did highlight as a good that some of these small non-division or like League Two teams were hosting teams like Chelsea or Arsenal as like really yeah. fun moments of the tournament. And I, I completely agree with you, Kyle. That's not something you really see in the U.S. And, Open. And- and you can um, you can do a regional thing. Just make the regions bigger. Uh, I mean, because I get that you know when you've got LA going midweek to Carolina for a, a U.S. Open Cup game, uh, it, it removes some of the magic there because they're not bringing Robbie. Ke- they're just telling some of these guys to stay at home, right? And you don't want that. But you can break the country up into three parts and have them all, you know, Minnesota could be drawn with Chicago or Houston or, you know, or even, you know, Rio Grande or, or something like yeah. that. Um, it, it just, yeah. Or Rio OKC. Yes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace. Um, yeah. You know, it, it just like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to do that. So g- good, good point there. Um, Kate Sophia says, what should I do for my birthday? That's a great question, Kate. Um, take a glass blowing class with friends. Oh, that's oh. not bad. I would take a nap. Um, I think that's the best birthday gift you can give yourself is a nap. Okay. All right. Wes, do you have any thoughts to? No, go get ice cream. Where, where, where'd you go? Actually, I want to, can sure. I give a shout here? I would go to Sonny's, um, which has Grand gel- Old Creamery. gelato and sorbetto. Okay. It's like an Italian family style. Like I didn't know this existed. And this is just like, if you just keep going down, uh, Hennepin Avenue past the, the, the uptown stretch, there's just this like Italian family, like it, it's magical. There's like a piazza in the background and like the backyard. And it's just fantastic. They've got like authentic, um, Italian drinks. They've got a you great didn't know this of specific and one existed. Yes. Okay. Yes. You knew that these, this existed in general. Ita- Italy. Yes. Yes. Italy yes. I didn't know Italy existed. I mean, you've been to like a Rita's Italian Ice or something. Right. 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 Okay. right. But right, not okay. this specific spot. So okay. I would. I would go there. So worried about um, the go gelato, to Sunny's. The gelato bar at Cassettas. If you don't feel like driving that far. Fair. There we go. All right. Uh, Shane at the Bravest Boy says, after Sweden and Scotland, what s country should we pr- pursue? Players from next. Well, we Suriname. did Switzerland, too. Suriname. Switzerland, yeah, we did hit Sw- Switzerland. Already. Siam may be difficult because it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That's true. <coughs> difficult, not impossible. Here's a shout. Have you? I don't know if you've heard of this. Country. Oh, actually, by the way. Swaziland? Dem- Demidov was born in the Soviet Union. So there that's technically another one. Uh, it's a place called Spain. España. So it starts with an E. Where is that? Oh, Interesting. Yeah. yeah, where is that? Yeah, there's a few Do they few produce players soccer there. players? There's also... Um, let's see. Uh, do we do... Yeah, okay. So Sudan. Yep. Mm-hmm. We get some Sudanese players. Senegal. Yeah, Somalia, obviously. Somalia. We, we did, signed it. Yeah. We did... Um, yeah, so... All right. Um, Alex Kria says, At this point in time, who would you rather have on the team? Dunlady, Abobasi, or Yule? First off... Kudos on you for remembering how to pronounce Bobasi because we coached ourselves so damn hard and he didn't show up. Um, what's uh, what's hamstring like these days? Well, he's currently playing. Well, not playing, but he's called up for the U twenty World Cup. Congratulations to the baby Yanks, uh, the baby Nats, who made it. They won the group stage um, or their group, and they are moving on to the knockout <laughs> round. Uh, if you want to watch their games, they're at like five thirty in the morning yeah. on weekdays, so but. I who so Obasi is is not really starting for. Well, he's been the, called into international action, right? Yeah, yeah, but he's he's basically been coming in late in matches. Yep. So, Brooks has been or I mean, Brooks has been starting. Dan Lottie's the only person that's contributed to an MLS side so far, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got like 100 times as many minutes as those other two combined, um, which is to say he has 100 minutes. But rather have on the team, for me, it's still a question of long-term development. I don't, you know, if, if Yule <laughs> is playing every week in in the USL or or uh, Bobisi is, is, you know, um, gaining experience at the international level, I'm still more, uh, a half a season doesn't, even a third right. of a season yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. change. I'm still looking at who, who do I think becomes the best player. Mm-hmm. And that the team still believes, you know, they believed that Denlati had the highest ceiling. And so I'm mm-hmm. still going to go with that. He has been, uh, you know, obviously we, we talked about our change from, from uh, I think he, he could develop on a USL team a little bit better, but he has shown that he can have a role for our MLS team now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would so, second that. I would say Dunlady still. Um, I think he just fits that system better than the other two do, and I think that he's. I mean, he's shown that he can contribute in the MLS a little bit better than the other two. So great. All right. Well, thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, this has been the Fifty Five One Podcast. Kyle Lyson, thanks for uh, you know finally joining us in the bunker. Uh, you are on Twitter where. At um, MN Nice FC. Yes, great. Uh, for hate mail, exactly. Uh, and so, um, anyway, thank you for your coverage of NPSL. Uh, yep, you I can. Know that it's been really great to read. Yeah, so. no, it's been fantastic, and it's it's really uh, as much as I talk about line dances during your segment. Um, it's been great. The coverage that you're giving and other people at Fifty Five One are giving to the NPSL North has been really helpful. So, thank you for me as a reader on that. Oh, that's very sweet. Um, you can find me at Jeff Ruder. Happy early birthday, Kate Sophia. I owe you a high forty. All right, and I don't know your uh, Twitter account, so I can't pretend it's, to uh, be here. Wes, you can find Wes at kreliason.com. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> Dot com. All right, all right. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>